0: Om Namo Pagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Pagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Adi Leela Chapter 7 text 73 translation and commentary by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada it's a well-known verse Krishna Mantra Hoite hobe Samshama Krishna Naam Hoite Pabe Krishna charan simply by chanting the holy name of Krishna one can obtain freedom from material existence. Indeed, simply by chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, one will be able to see the lotus feet of the Lord. In his Anubhasha, Sri Bhaktisiddhānta Saraswati Goswami says that the actual effect that will be visible as soon as one achieves Transcendental knowledge is that he will immediately become free from the clutches of Maya And fully engage in the service of the Lord Unless one serves the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Mukunda One cannot become free from fruitive activities under the external energy However, when one chants the holy name of the Lord offenselessly one can realize a transcendental position that is completely aloof from the material conception of life. Rendering service to the Lord, a devotee relates to the Supreme Personality of Godhead in one of five relationships, namely, Shanta, Dasya, sakya, vatsalya, or madhurya, and thus he relishes transcendental bliss in that relationship. Such a relationship certainly transcends the body and mind, when one realizes that the Holy Name of the Lord is identical with the Supreme Person, <clears throat> he becomes completely eligible to chant the Holy Name of the Lord. Such an ecstatic chanter and dancer must be considered to have a direct relationship with the Lord. According to the Vedic principles, there are three stages of spiritual advancement, namely sambandha, jnana, abhideya and Prayoga. Sambandhagya refers to establishing one's original relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Abhidaya refers to acting according to that constitutional relationship. And prayojan is the ultimate goal of life, which is to develop love of God. prima pumar mahan. maha If one adheres to the regulated principles under the order of the spiritual master, he very easily achieves the ultimate goal of his life. A person who is addicted to the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mantra very easily gets the opportunity to serve the Supreme Personality of Godhead directly. There is no need for such a person to understand the grammatical jugglery in which a mayavadi sannyasis generally indulge. Shri Shankara Acharya also stressed this point Nahi Nahi Rakshati Tukrim Karane. Simply by juggling grammatical suffixes and prefixes one cannot save himself from the clutches of death. The grammatical word jugglers cannot bewilder a devotee who engages in chanting the Hare Krishna Ahamantra. Simply Addressing the energy of the Supreme Lord as Hare and the Lord Himself as Krishna very soon situates the Lord within the heart of the devotee. By thus addressing Radha and Krishna, one directly engages in His Lordship's service. The essence of all revealed scriptures and all knowledge is present when one addresses the Lord and His energy by the Hare Krishna Mantra for this transcendental vibration can completely liberate a condi- conditioned soul and directly engage in the service of the Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu presented himself as a grand fool yet he maintained that all the words he had heard from his spiritual master strictly followed the principles stated by Vyasadeva in Srimad Bhagavatam Anarato Sakshad Bhakti Lokas chakre salvata Sangitam. The material miseries of a living entity which are superfluous to him can be directly mitigated by the linking process of devotional service. But the mass of people do not know this and therefore the learned Vyasadeva compiled this very radi- literature, Shrimad Bhagavatam which is in relation to the Supreme Truth. One can overcome all misconceptions and entanglement in the material world by practicing bhakti yoga. And therefore Vyasadeva, acting on the instructions of Sri Narada, has very kindly introduced Srimad Bhagavatam to, relie- to relieve the conditioned souls from the clutches of Maya. Lord Chaitanya's spiritual master instructed him, therefore, that one must read Srimad Bhagavatam regularly and with scrutiny to gradually become attached to the chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. The Holy Name and the Lord are identical. One who is completely free from the clutches of maya can understand this fact. This knowledge which is achieved by the mercy of the spiritual master places one on the supreme transcendental platform. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu presented himself as a fool because prior to accepting the shelter of a spiritual master he could not understand that simply by chanting one can be relieved from all material conditions. But as soon as he became a faithful servant of his spiritual master and followed his instructions he very easily saw the path of liberation. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's chanting of the Hare Krishna Mantra must be understood to be devoid of all offenses. The ten offenses against the Holy Name are as follows. One, to blaspheme a devotee of the Lord. Two, to consider the Lord and the demigods to be on the same level or to think that there are many gods. Three, to neglect the orders of the spiritual master. Four, to minimize the authority of scriptures, readers. Five, to interpret the Holy Name of God. Six, to commit sins on the strength of chanting. Seven, to instruct the glories of the Lord's name to the unfaithful. Eight, to compare the chanting of the Holy Name with material piety. Nine, to be inattentive while chanting the Holy Name. And ten, to be attached to material things in spite of chanting the Holy Name. In the first years of his stay in America... Srila Prabhupada translated several books. One of, one of the books which he presented was Teachings of Lord Chaitanya, which is, uh, a collection of the parts of Chaitanya Charitamrita, which are, or, or some of the parts of Chaitanya Charitamrita, which are long philosophical Discussions of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with other persons. Later he was requested to translate the whole Chaitanya Charitamrita and he did so starting with this chapter that we're reading now, chapter 7 of Adilina. This was published before any other parts of the book. Didn't start with chapter 1. Consider this very important. Particularly because herein Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's refutation of Mayavad is succinctly given. Herein also, beginning from this verse which we've read today, Is the theology of chanting the holy names. That's described elsewhere in Chaitanya Charitamrita also. But it's here described particularly in relationship to the Mayavad interpretation of Vedanta. Generally, if someone says they're interested in Vedanta. Especially in the West, if anyone's ever heard of it, those few people have heard of Vedanta. They consider him to be an impersonalist. Somehow or other, impersonalists seem to have claimed a monopoly on Vedanta. Although the Majority of commentaries on Vedanta, at least those that are extant, or the majority of writings on Vedanta are actually by Vaishnavas. Another misunderstanding is that Vedanta specifically refers to Vedanta Sutra, but actually Vedanta specifically refers to the Upanishads. And then the summary of the philosophy of the Upanishads is given in Vedanta Sutra by Vyasadeva himself. And then the various commentary, Shankaracharya's commentary is the the Mayavad commentary, his Mayavad commentary, Sharirakpasha, that is the most influential. They have, in the Western world, is what they call the Vedanta society. We we find that uh, in Srila Prabhupada Lala Amrita, there's a small anecdote given. Srila Prabhupada, in his very earliest days in New York, so many people would come to him with so many supposed philosophies. I mean, I wonder we can't know the mind of a pure devotee what was Prabhupada thinking he has been living in Vrindavan himself deeply steeped in actual philosophy and he spent his whole life with devotees associating with devotees deeply steeped in philosophy he himself was the servant of the greatest philosopher of the of that generation, Srila Bhaktisita and And he would have all these hippies coming up to him and trying to tell him their philosophy, as if they knew anything about philosophy. So, it's described in Srila Prabhupada Lamrita that someone came up to Srila Prabhupada and said, Well, actually, I'm a follower of Vedanta. What do you know about Vedanta? What's the first aphorism of Vedanta? Uh, Vedanta Sutra Uh, Of course he had no idea whatsoever He was completely stumped by the question I'm a follower of Vedanta So what's the What's the first statement of Vedanta Sutra He had no idea Just to this Neo Vedanta means the the Ram Krishna Mission, Vivekananda Other persons who have just the opposite of avatar. They've come up from the hellish regions to drag others down. Avatars come down from the spiritual world to take others up. And such persons have come down from the hellish regions to drag society down and drag others down. So the Neo-Vedanta Prabhupada writes about Ram Krishna Mission and others that although they, they claim Philosophical allegiance to Shankaracharya. Even, even Shankaracharya would have been ashamed of them. He would have been sha- had in his, in the name of Vedanta, the fish-eating and meat-eating sannyasis. So. <coughs> Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatthadesh Srila saw his mission being that of delivering the Western countries on the order of his spiritual master. And specifically to save them from the impersonalist and voidist types of philosophy. Or Actually, even in these countries, people don't know. They have no idea what philosophy means, actually. Even the people who are supposed to be in the university studying philosophy, it's, it, there's no, it, it comes in the category of asatyama pratishtam te. There's no, they have no fixed, they have no locus standi. It's just, your thoughts are vague here, there, and no fixed position. They cannot have because they're, they're, they're being devoid of the Vedic knowledge. They have no starting point. The starting point can be anywhere. So how can they come to any conclusion? They they can't even start. And what is their conclusion? From the very beginning, it's impossible that they have any conclusion. So this. Uh, Philosophy, Vedanta. That means actually to understand Krishna. Because by eva vedya. Vedanta krit, Veda vid The Vedas are meant for understanding Krishna, they come from Krishna. Veda narayana sakshat. They come from him. He is the compiler of the Vedanta. He is the knower of the Vedas. However, the class of so-called Vedanta philosophers or Mayavadis who studied or still do, uh, study Vedanta to, r- to or, or to squeeze out an impersonalistic Interpretation. So their their teachings have been taken in a pop form. So, so we have neo Vedanta, we have pop Vedanta in the Western world, where the pop vedant means there's no pop. Is just like that, that first so that was first pop. This word was used first for pop music, and then there's there's pop music, pop art, and pop people, popped out people. That's for sure. So, it comes from the word popular, but it suggests something with a kind of uh, gaudy or uh, razzmatazz kind of appeal, but very little substance. Appealing to, it appeals to shallow people who don't want to think deeply who simply want some cheap entertainment. So there we have the idea. Of course, pop art has attained some respectability among pop people. But, uh, I'm saying this pop mayavad means people without, without going deeply into any philosophy uh, they just with a big smile on their face say I am God it's all one everything is wonderful just it's all feeling vibes you should have good vibes Just, just what is that follow your heart this is another so many of these things let it be Whisper words of wisdom, let it be. All these uh, slogans, which are the slogans of pop, Mayavad, they all have a similar understanding to that of the Mayavadis. Well, be here now, that's another hippie saying. There's no need to think of the past, present or future. Just think of the present and enjoy it. So, without going very deeply, they come to the, they have the same kind of conclusion that all is one and one is all and everything is nothing and nothing is everything and the sound of one hand clapping And was that those who know do not speak, and those who speak do not know? I just think about that. If you say those who speak do not know, those who know do not speak. Well, if that's an authority, how can that be an authoritative statement? Because whoever makes that statement doesn't know. If you say it, then you don't know. If he actually knew, according to his own statement, if he actually knew something, he shouldn't have said it. So it's a self-defeating statement. But people take this as, oh, this is wonderful. Shallow people who are, who are, although they're not serious about anything, you can say the only thing they're serious about is they're seriously dedicated to self-deception. And they, they love it if someone comes along and cheats them. When Prabhupada was preaching in the Western world, when he, in the, in the early 1970s, there was a, at that time, famous guru who had the name Guru Maharaj which is a generic term for any guru in India. But, but that's what, actually his name was Bal Yogeshwar. But he became popular by the name of Guru Maharaj And he had many followers. And they actually liked our Hare Krishna devotees, although the Hare Krishna devotees hated them. Not hate. Nobody doesn't hate, but hated everything they stood for. They liked him because this Guru Maharaj claimed himself to be Krishna. And they said, well, you're worshipping the same person. And you don't like us. Well, that's, you just haven't realized. That's all. And his whole thing was that you press your eyes and then you see some light, and that's self-realization. Actually, if you do press your eyes, not recommended. It's, Kind of crazy thing we used to do, in you know. Pre coming under the shelter of Srila Prabhupada's lotus feet days, you pressurize and automatically some kind of funny sensation, light and colors will be there, but uh, stupid people. And dedicated to being stupid, and so they thought, well, He's Krishna, He's God, and it's just feel the vibes. So Prabhupada, I remember once as a kid reading in the newspaper headline Trouble in Nirvana that, that Prabhupada in Hong Kong he'd been asked well what do you think about this Guru Maharaj Ji? Prabhupada said do you really want to hear? Are you sure you want to hear? Prabhupada I kick on his face I urinate on his face what will he do? If he's supposed to be God and I kick on his face, what will he do to stop me? So this came in. the news, This kind of thing newspaper reporters love. They said, trouble in Nirvana because they're under the impression that all these different gurus, they're all floating on clouds. And there the, was famous at that time also the picture of Yogi Mah- Maharishi was standing there with the flat. And smiling. And that was the, that became like the stereotype for all Mayavadi gurus. They're all, they're all just smiling and they have long beards and they speak mystical platitudes which no one can understand and that's the whole thing. You're not supposed to understand it. Because the idea is that it's, it's all very vague and you don't really understand it. But anyway everything's cool and you can have your cool mystical girlfriend while you're understanding that it's all one and you become one with your girlfriend and uh, um, so everything's just cool and you have some incense and maybe play a little sitar music and then everything's cool and everything's very vague so this was their idea this was the idea of Indian Spiritual life that was circulating around, and, and the hippies loved it. The Prabhupada brought trouble into the nirvana. He he shattered that. Later, on another occasion, when he was discussing with some disciples, he was saying, "Well, how he, this person says he's God? Well, how how do you react to that? How do you preach to that?" And one disciple described how one woman was so upset by him calling, in America, was so upset by this person calling himself God, that he, she, brought a big cream pie and walked up to her and they was saying, oh, he's coming to offer me a cream pie, because I'm God, and stuck it right in his face, right in public. Just to humiliate, just to show that he's not. Because she was, she was so upset by himself calling him God. So, Prabhupada said, "Yes, this is. This is how we should preach. We should stick a cream pie in his face, just to humiliate, just to show he's not God." So, in in South India, one one devotee, he was in one town. He was just going past, and he saw some religious meeting in a hall so he stuck his head in and there was some some man standing up saying all is one all is God and so he just went in there and just hey I got this and he he argued with him and then said you're not God you're just a cheater God means all-powerful you're not all-powerful and then he took some of the peace said look he told all the people in the hall completely. He just walked into their meeting he was completely uninvited and and just completely spoiled their whole meeting and said that said to all the people look here you're all getting cheated this man's telling you that you're all god you're not god it's all cheating so if you want to be cheated you stay here if not you come with me and some of the people came out with him he got a bit of a reputation now then the one big mayavadi guru came in he, he doesn't go into, he came in Kami clothes without tilak luck and started asking him questions at the end of the show. And uh, then the, 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 the people said, well, the, well we have to end, there's no time for any more questions now. And then they just took him off the backstage so they couldn't meet, so he so kind of took him away because he was being embarrassed by the questions he was asking. So, this, Mayavadis, this pop Mayavad, it's, it's very shallow. It's, it's not difficult to defeat. The real Mayavadis, to meet them on their grounds, well, it's, I mean they're really steeped in Sanskrit and, and Vedanta, not so easy to take them on. The, the Madhvas, the Madhva Samprataya, they regularly do so. They study the Nyaya Sudha of Jayatirtha. And they, they, which systematically and very deeply defeats the Mayavad. There are still some real Mayavadis. Real Mayavadis, that means in the disciplic line of Shankaracharya. Deeply learned in all the Shastras and then the Madhvas especially the Madhvas there are some real scholars and philosophers who can defeat them but actually to a large extent this is all not relevant to the modern age previously in India in every village there were so many there were scholars real scholars of Shastra and all the great Acharyas they they Shankaracharya, Ramanujacharya, Madhvacharya, they spread their doctrine by traveling. They go on long pilgrimages. They all—they all went up to the, the. Well, they all these three traveled all over India. <coughs> and it uh, means as they would walk. Sannyasi doesn't go on a vehicle. Not even a bullock cart traditionally. Mm-hmm. That's one of the rules. They have to walk. No shoes. So they walked Madhvaacharya from. Udupi, in the south, and way up to Badrikash. So it takes a few years, and on the way they'd be going through so many villages, and they'd stop, and they'd speak with people, and they'd convince them. And in those days, if you defeated someone in argument, they'd become your disciple. That's the that's the etiquette, that's the rule. If you're defeated, then you should become a student. You shouldn't maintain. A, a, a separate philosophy, and defeated means there were rules of debate. Also, it's not like now in nowadays you completely cut someone up in discussion, and they have no leg to stand on. And then they, then they say, well, anyway, it's my opinion. There's, uh, this, uh, another fact of this neo mayavad that all opinions are as good as the same, and therefore everything's just an opinion. There, again, there's no this Western philosophy is is akin to Mayavad in which it has, there's no empiricism and Mayavad, they they meet on the same platform. That there is no, they have no starting point. Even empiricism has more of a starting point. But they, they get into trouble when they start to come to more complex matters. Actually, empiricism can hardly... Real empiricism... Actually, there's no such thing as total empiricism, where you only... only... um, base understanding on what we can observe. There's no such thing, actually. There's there's always opinion and... uh, um, I forgot the word now. Oh. No. opinion hmm no there's, there's presumptions we presume you you on based on total empiricism we we couldn't even take one step because if you you you'd, first of all you'd have to measure the floor in front of you to see if it could take the weight of your foot you're going to be absolutely purely empiric Then you shouldn't trust anything. And the anuman must be there. Mm. So, um, yeah, the the modern mayavad, it's it's derived from that rigid system of philosophy which, which Shankaracharya derived, but. Although it's, it's a, it's a rigid, rigid in the sense that it's highly developed, although he makes some, what could be called quantum leaps, right, in his philosophy, is that where, he, he's basing it on Vedanta, on the authority of Vyasa. but where he doesn't like what Vyasa says, he just says Vyasa made a mistake here. So, he's really made his philosophy to, He's squeezed Vyasa, Procrustein, that's called. He's squeezed Vyas into his system rather than trying to, to derive a system of philosophy from Vyasa. And interestingly enough, there are many different schools of Mayavad who, in, in the traditional schools, and they all argue with each other over how everything is all one. I mean, they all have different opinions. So, there are different opinions on how everything is one. Similarly, in Buddhism, there are so many, they all conclude that everything is nothing, or nothing is everything, or actually the nothing. As soon as you say, as soon as you say everything is nothing, then there's, then you're talking about things. And so, how can it be, how can there, how can it be nothing? As soon as you try to describe, then already not, it's already not nothing, because there's something, there's speech, there's ideas, there's thought. But anyway, among the Buddhists there are different schools who are, who rigidly oppose each other on the nature of nothingness. But nothingness has no nature. So, is it not foolish? (coughs) Anyway, like I was saying, these, uh, the original Mayavad has, or even its refutation, there's very little, uh, relevance in the modern age because there are just a few scholars who who can argue about it. Most people it's it's beyond them. uh, Beyond all of us, also all the intricate subtle intricacies of their philosophical meanderings. This uh a few years ago in Madhva Sampadaya, what happened in that part of South India, in in one district close to where the, the Madhva base in Udupi, it's called Kurg district. You know these Kurgi dogs, as one breed. Anyway, they're originally from Kurg, for all it's worth. So, the uh, the most of the that's run by rich people who are mostly Kshatriya by caste, and they, uh. they eat meat. Modern so-called Kshatriyas in India, they eat meat from the butcher's shop, although they're actually supposed to go out and kill the animal, then have it offered in sacrifice by the Brahminas, then they can eat it. But nowadays in modern India it's considered that if you're like Kshatriya caste, then you're supposed to eat meat because you're a Kshatriya, even though... Well, many of them would still go to the army, they join the Indian army, but many of them are also businessmen or just, you know, working in some company or whatever. So anyway, one kshatriya came to Udupi and asked one of the Udupi swamis, actually, um, I would like to be a Krishna Bhakta and stop eating meat and all these things, and what should I do? He said... You better go to Iskon. We can't accommodate you. gone they can tell you what to do, everything. Because they have a very rigid system and they can't convert anybody or anything. So he said, go to us. And actually, and the, by far the most prominent and respected member of the Madhva Sampradaya, the, uh, the Pejava Swami. He said in a public meeting, many times he said, just I remember once I was there, he said that Iskon is the only society capable of preaching Vishnu Bhakti throughout the world. So he's saying ISKCON is a very important organization, a great appreciation. So, what is it? How is that? I mean, we're not better philosophers in the sense that there's no doubt that Mr.eshwa Tirtha and uh, he didn't say we're we're the best at defeating traditional mayavad. We wouldn't have a clue how to do that. Prabhupada even warned you don't go to these mayavad. He warned you don't go to these one sannyasik. Don't, don't go to these mayavadis. You can't. Don't discuss with them. You can't discuss with them. They're. Uh, they're, they 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 know the, the Shastra so much and they have the, the, the all the different rules for interpretation of Shastra they know all these things you can, they they won't even talk with you anyway because they only talk in Sanskrit they're not going to talk with you in English I met one of them once. this uh, one of the, the uh, which place it's uh, Rishishingas place what's that called Escapes my mind now. And in, in South India, the place of Shankaracharya. So I met him, and he was actually happy to meet me because people just comes in for blessings all day. So he was happy to meet me and have some discussion. He wouldn't speak in Sanskrit, but I don't. So he spoke in Hindi. So anyway, I, I, I you know, I brought out how. God is a person, you know, the ultimate truth is personal and this and that, and we were discussing. But uh, I knew if he was to call on all these rules and mimangsa and all this, then I'd I'd be out of my depth. But anyway, it was enjoyment for him, and he was happy to meet someone who he could discuss some Shastra with. Because they spent years studying Shastra, and they they actually, and I also, actually, to tell the truth, because you know, we meet people and mostly they're not very interested in discussing Shastra or anything. So, so Shringeri. That's place, Shringeri, So, But anyway, this Vishveshra he was telling us, uh, he was telling that Iskon is the only society that can spread Vishnu Bhakti all over the world. So, we're not fit to discuss with traditional Mayavadis in a sense, philosophically, we're not equipped. We don't have those. In terms of faith, maybe. But in terms of uh, in terms of having the weapon, just like Arjuna was fit to fight, but he had to go and get different weapons before he went on the he took different weapons from different persons, so then he was fully equipped, just like Pakistant he traveled throughout India before he took up his war on Maya, he is preaching Mishnah. And he studied all the philosophies of the different sampradayas and even the Western philosophies and everything. So Swami Vishvashwatyata he said Iskon is the only society that can spread Vishnu Bhakti throughout the world. How is that? Krishna mantra hoite hobby shansha mochan, Krishna naam Hoite Pabe, Krishna Echaron. By spreading the Hare Krishna mantra and by preaching the philosophy in Srila Prabhupada's books, which deals with Mayavad uh, at the philosophical level to some extent. Not, not, isn't it? Prabhupada's treatment of Mayavad is not exhaustive. There are previous books of the art. Of the Acharyas, which which are actually very difficult to translate into English. Because you you would just, you'd probably just have to put together a whole bunch of technical terms in Sanskrit and string them together with a few English words. Because uh, the the concepts, each concept would have to be explained. It's very technical stuff. So Prabhupada has this. And actually he this chapter, Lord Chaitanya Five features, he printed this and he said as his first translations of Chaitanya Churchamadin said that this should be given to all the big Mayavadi sannyasis in India. should be should be given to them. But the point that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is making here is that nowadays anyway, people don't understand so much philosophy. Murkatumi Tuma this is Chaitanya is telling the Mayavadis of the Kashi Mayavadis, that means the Mayavadis of Varanasi, he's repeating what his own guru <coughs> told him. His own guru told him in the previous verse we had, <murka> tumi Toma Nahik Vedant <adhika> Krishna Mantra Japa Shada E Mantra <shah> Ishwarapuri told Chaitanya Mahabhu, you are not fit for study of Vedanta. Just chant the holy names of Krishna. This is the essence of all the Vedas. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is telling this to the Mayavadis who are asking, why are you just dancing and chanting all Is my guru told me? My guru told me I'm not fit for studying Vedanta. Although Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his youth was known as the, the greatest scholar and he defeated the, uh, Digvijay Pandit, the, the, uh, <coughs> world-conquering scholar, Keshav Kashmiri. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu defeated him. But, uh, the Mayavadi said, why are you chanting and dancing? You should be studying Vedanta. He said, I'm not studying Vedanta because my Guru told me not to, just to chant. So Guru vachan that's the, the order of the Guru, that's, that's, if one quotes that, why are you doing so? My guru told me that in traditional India, that's that's a very powerful praman or evidence. That's more than Vedavachan. If the if the guru is in line with Vedas, then the guru vachan is more than vachan because Vachan or the direction of the Vedas are general instructions, but guru vachan is personal instruction. From one who's supposed to be as good as God. Vachan is coming from God, and Guru Vachan, Guru is supposed to be non-different from God. So Guru Vachan is very powerful. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu quoted this, but then of course, Guru Vachan, that's also, uh, that may be questioned, on what basis does Guru say this? So, um, then that, that has to be understood it has to be understood that, that what the Guru says is in is in line with the Siddhanta of the Vedas even if it, it's in line with the spirit of the Vedic teachings even if it's not in line with particular rules of the Vedas and there are many instances just like Jamadagni told Parashuram to cut off your mother's head now cutting off the mother's head is not allowed according to Vedic direction or according to any direction. Obeying one's father's order is also required. That's Guru Vachan. Parashuram immediately did it. He cut off his mother's head. And then, uh, Jamadagni was very pleased with him and said, that's very good. You did what I said. Now you take a benediction. And Parashuram said, please bring my mother back to life without memory of what I did. So, he, he had faith that his father had the ability to do that and that his, his father, his father's order should be followed, even if it was apparently against the laws of the Vedas. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is quoting, Ishvara Puri told me to chant the holy names, and that is the essence of all the Vedas. So that in itself is the essence of all the Vedas. And then, and then and it's quoted here, Rig Veda to Veda, Samaveda Piyatavana Adhitas Chena Yenautam Doyam. Where is that stated from? This is another quotation. A person who chants the two syllables Ha-ri has already studied the four Vedas. Sama, Rig, Yajur, Atarva. It's understood because the conclusion of the Vedas is to worship Krishna. And chanting the holy names is the best way to worship Krishna. So everything is included in that. All Vedic knowledge is included within that chanting of the holy names. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went on to discuss Vedanta philosophy with the Mayavadi's. That actually he does know Vedanta very well, and he defeated them. And then they also joined the Kirtan. It's very difficult to discuss with these Neo Mayavadi's because, like I say, they have they have no locus standard, they have no fixed position. And if you if you say one thing, it's like they they just flip over to another thing they're not interested they're actually extremely insincere people anyone who's attracted to this mayavad way of thinking they're very we can understand that even if they're vegetarians many of them are vegetarians but they have very sinful mentality actually so it's even it's even often very difficult to distribute books to people like this what do you think Vijay? you tell me I have to. I have to judge my statement against. You know, often they say, "Well, you know, I already know all this." They're like, yeah. "They think I already know. I you don't. I don't need to learn anything about about all this." They're very proud. They think, "Well, I already know." I, I, they, it's a very common thing. People read one or two books by some yogi or something. When they have a, two or three quotes from the Upanishads, and they think, "Well, you know." You know, I know everything. I know I know, I know all about that. And they, they, then they start to think they're God. And uh, they, they go completely in the opposite direction of actual advancement in spiritual life, which is the actual spiritual life means Trinada, peace in each, you know, to, be, to consider oneself more insignificant than a grass in the street, very humble, considering the greatness of Krishna on our own insignificance. But then the, Ma- the Mayavadis, they think, I am God, and then they become so puffed up. So, in the name of spiritual life, they, they go in just completely the opposite direction. They become so proud. And it's so foolish. This, um... Who is that? Madhiraj. He 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 took many of the quotes that Prabhupada quotes in his books defeating Mayavad, they're from they're from the previous Acharya Vadi Raja especially, he took Mayavad arguments to their logical conclusion and showed how foolish they are. Just for in, for instance, if every, if every if everything is all one and then if one, if, if, then there's no difference between all different persons, and if one person gets liberated, then everyone should get liberated. So this, this, in this way he trashed all different philosophies, or different propositions of the Mayavadis. So Prabhupada's books, they are appropriate for the modern age, to deal with pop Mayavad and pop science, and it's all pop. There's, there's very little actual philosophy in the modern age. If there is any philosophy, it's in Prabhupada's books and it's presented exactly according to the need of the modern age. And alongside with Prabhupada's books, the Yoga Dharma, distributing Prabhupada's books, the Yoga Dharma chanting the holy names so that people can be purified by hearing that. And they can see factually, just like the Mayavadis, they could understand factually that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he is on a higher level. We're just talking about being God, but he's, he's he's he is, he is Bhagavan Narayan himself. And he is, we're talking about Brahma Sukh or impersonal spiritual happiness, but he's actually experiencing that. And they joined in the Kirtan. So, we should also have regularly this Hari Kirtan so that people can see actually devotional life is very happy people come to Southern California it must be the along with Hawaii it must be the, 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 the closest to what could be imagined as heaven on this planet theres climate is equable there for the surfers, Oh, nice beaches, and then there's, there's nice waves, so you can go surfing all day. And people are intelligent, supposed to be... They have money. And so, everyone should be happy. So, when you go on Hari you see the difference? Can everyone see the difference? Even the karmis can see. The difference between the, the karmis who are trying to enjoy and who are totally miserable... And the devotees are simply trying to satisfy Krishna's senses and are totally blissful. And everyone can see the difference. Of course, I haven't been on Ayinam in... Well, I was in Los Angeles last But not here. But, but presumably, everyone can see the difference, isn't it, between the, the gross, frantic, pathetic attempts of non-devotees to enjoy and the devotees who are simply chanting the holy names of the Lord and Without any further endeavor, being happy on that platform. So these are t- distributing Prabhupada's books, chanting the holy names, studying the philosophy herein, to, dis- to discuss with persons who are, have, whose brains are not totally destroyed by the school system, by intoxication, mayavad and sex and Even if the brains are totally popped out, if there's any sincerity, then they can understand. So, we need to understand the philosophy in these books. Distribute prasad more than vegetarianism. Not just for health, so you can enjoy a long life on the beach and have more sense gratification. There's vegetarian good for health, so you can enjoy sense gratification. The distribution of prasad is something completely different. So, we have a lot of work to do. And I won't take any more of your time. Hare Krishna. A few thoughts about Mayavad and chanting Hare Krishna. Any question, please? No question. You're all totally convinced. Or otherwise, you didn't understand a word I said. Or otherwise, you thought he was so stupid that it's not even worth discussing. Oh, it's time for prasadam. Any questions? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know them. How will I discuss? <laughs> That's Mimamsa. Mimamsa means, uh, well, I guess you could translate it as discussion based on coming to a conclusion. So there are so many different rules, which, this, this is in, in English it's called hermeneutics. Rules, or, or, or if, if not rules, but, uh, conventions for interpreting Shastra. There's some example is given there in the eleventh canto that. There's, there's a statement in the, in the Vedas that in a certain time of year partridges should be killed or something like that so I can't remember exactly but according to me the monks they say well this this is in this is Ekavachanam, Divachanam, Bahuvachanam so Sanskrit grammatical rules is for for when you're referring to one person, or referring to two or more, so if it's this statement is in bahuvachanam so it could be it could be millions of pages, but they say bahuvachanam begins at three, so it it can should begin with three, should be no more than three. They interpret it like that, not not. And so this interpretation, that this is used in many points of discussing many Vedic statements, so like that, the grammatical rules, rules of interpretation. The the a commonly known one is that the 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 if there are apparently contradictory statements on any subject then the the last of the statements is considered most authoritative these are all rules of the monks yeah of course of course yeah of course it's not just arbitrary that which is last stated is considered most authoritative because the the at the end of the argument comes the conclusion. It's a highly developed philosophy, which we can hardly imagine. Hmm. When we go out and preach, especially in Southern California, we see that almost every single person is infected with this. Everyone is infected by Mayavad in Southern California. Every you go down the street, and everyone, you know, they they have a beer in one hand and a girlfriend in another, and then all of a sudden they. You meet them and they become a philosopher, and this is they, all spiritual. This is my I'm, I'm spiritually drinking beer. So yeah, it actually leads to degradation, my right Everyone's infected by it. So well, better to distribute the books. You get into discussions with these people. They they just go round and round in circles. They're not serious. Distribute the books. Then, people will come. If we distribute books, do people will come to the temple. Then you discuss with them. But casually on the street... 99.9% who want to discuss philosophy, they're not serious about it. They're just doing it to show, as an excuse not to buy the book, or, or just because they, they want to massage their ego, considering themselves a philosopher, or whatever. So, and if someone's really interested, then I ask them, you come to the temple, we can discuss that. If they're interested, they'll come. What do you say about that, Vijay Prabhu? Yeah. There might be occasionally someone who you can feel is actually genuinely interested. They don't know what is. No, they don't know what Mayabadi is, although they're infected with it fully. I mean that you They are interested? Hmm. They presumably take it as something else for their sense gratification, otherwise they wouldn't be interested. Maybe it, it titillates their sense of... That's one thing that I, I don't, when this is the species the art of inner happiness, inner pleasure. Yeah. In pleasure. They say that. So we're speaking the truth and cheating them at the same time, because their idea... You say inner pleasure, which is true, but their understanding of inner pleasure is something different, and they presume that what you're saying jives with their understanding of it.